0: Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this How To and Identity episode, we will explore what it means to be spiritually awake and how to allow the spirit part of you to surrender to the will of God and lead your life. I want to begin by really looking at the word awaken. Romans 13 10 and 11 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor, it never hurts anyone. Therefore unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law do this knowing that this is a critical time it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency for our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in christ the word awaken in the bible verse here is egero and it means to arise to cause to stand to wake up from slumber. Notice that this verse is referring to spiritual complacency. So this means that it is not about our physical bodies waking up, but rather a spiritual waking up. In Acts 9, 1 through 19, we read the story of Saul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, long before he becomes Paul the Apostle. I won't read to you all of these verses, but I did want to point out some of the the key points from this story. Acts 9, 1 and 2 says, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and relentless in his search for believers, went to the high priest, and he asked for letters of authority from him to the synagogues at Damascus. So that if he found any men or women there belonging to the way, that is, believers or followers of Jesus the Messiah, men and women alike, he could arrest them and bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. So we can see that Saul's starting point belief system had him truly believing that he was righteously doing the work of God in his mission. Remember our Romans 13 verse above said that love never hurts someone, so we can know that unselfish love fulfills the law. Saul was on the wrong team. As Saul and his company were walking on the road to Damascus, a bright light blinded Saul and he and his company could hear the voice of Jesus confronting Saul about why he was persecuting him. Jesus directed them to lead the blinded Saul to the house of a man who lived on a road called Straight. At that same time, a believer by the name of Ananias received a vision and had a conversation with God about an assignment for him to go to the house where Saul was, lay hands on him, and pray for his sight to be restored. Ananias was understandably nervous about this assignment because he knew of Saul's mission to kill believers. But the Lord replied to him in verse 16 and 17, But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a deliberately chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will make clear to him how much he must suffer and endure for my name's sake. So Ananias obeyed the assignment. And in verse 18, it says, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and he was spiritually baptized and he took some food and was strengthened. Saul got up and was baptized. He was spiritually awakened and realized that he had been working on the wrong side. He immediately received Christ and was baptized. To be spiritually awake is to know and agree with God. But how do you awaken your spirit? Let's begin by talking a bit about the difference between the jobs or the roles of your body, your soul, and your spirit. Your body is the part of you that is only for this natural world. It is subject to the fall of Adam and Eve's sin and curse. Everyone was born into this curse, which is why there's so much pain and suffering, illness and evil and challenges in the world. Your soul contains your mind, will, and emotion. It is your personality, the essence of you. Your soul abides in eternity which means that when you die, your soul goes with you. Your soul was never meant to take on the heavy lifting of all the challenges of your life, apart from your spirit being connected with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is the part of you that was created specifically to connect and communicate with God. Ephesians 2.6 says, and he raised us up together with him when we believed, and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. When you accept Christ in your spirit, this verse shows us that the believer's spirits are right now seated in heavenly places. You are a citizen of heaven, and your spirit needs to learn the language of the spirit to communicate. With the Holy Spirit. When I was in my doctorate, I took a class called How to Walk by the Spirit by Dr. Mark Verkler. Dr. Mark looked at all the verses in the Bible about the Holy Spirit, our spirit, and our hearts. There were over 1,400 verses, and he discovered that the word in the Bible for our spirit is the exact same word in the Bible for our hearts. So when the Bible refers to your heart, it's speaking about your spirit. When you accept Jesus, he dwells in your heart by way of the Holy Spirit. Here are just a few verses about the heart slash spirit psalm fifty one ten Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me one samuel sixteen seven says But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees, for a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So here we learn that the most important thing for the Lord to look at in us is our heart and the condition of our heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Notice that that verse said to trust God with all your heart, not your brain. There is a clue here that you must know, recognize, and acknowledge God to make your path straight. So we see that we need to include and welcome the Holy Spirit to be able to have our spirits connect with him in our hearts. The secret to learning to communicate using the language of your heart is connecting your small S spirit with God's big S Holy Spirit. But how do you do that? By using the senses of your heart. You actually have many spiritual senses. You have the eyes and the ears of your heart that connect with the mind, will, and emotions of God within your heart. And you have all these other senses like smelling and senses on your skin and all kinds of other kinds of spiritual senses, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And how do you do that? You sanctify your imagination. That means you're surrendering what you fix your eyes, ears, mind, and emotions on to God. To sanctify is a choice to look at what God wants you to look at to listen to what he wants you to listen to, to agree with your mind with him. That is what sanctifying your imagination is all about. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind and keep your focus habitually on the things above, heavenly things, not on the things of the earth, which have only temporal value. To sanctify your imagination is to invite God to take the wheel of your imagination by surrendering all of your spiritual senses to him. So let's take a look at each of your spiritual senses. And before we do, I just want to make the comment that you are and can be surrendering all of these senses to the enemy without even realizing it. Your imagination can be used to bless or to curse you. So understanding this teaching will help you guard your heart from the enemy manipulating you through them. So for example, if you're watching horror movies or you're listening to uh, a lot of negative political fear-mongering things or whatever, whatever. Is intended to make you afraid, tear you down, and you fix your eyes on those things, your spirit is being influenced by the enemy without you realizing it. So this is kind of an important teaching for you to grab so that you can be intentional about inviting the Lord to take the wheel of these senses. Because without realizing it, without inviting him, you are Actually, inviting the enemy to have his way with you using your imagination—you can imagine yourself in a ditch somewhere, or, or, you know, negative outcomes. Those things are coming from the enemy. Okay. So, using the spiritual senses according to the worldly limitations will lead to unfulfillment and oftentimes negative consequences. So, for each of these senses, I want you to think about what influence you are already allowing. By them and to take those those captive and make sure that you purposely choose to surrender them to the Lord. The first sense is the eyes of your heart. It's seeing images on the screen of your mind. Ephesians 1:18 says, "And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, blooded, with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. You know, John looked and kept on looking with the eyes of his heart and received 21 chapters of the book of Revelation. So, you, just want, you don't want to just simply glance at God. You want to gaze at God. And when you're going into your special place, if you've been in this uh, podcast for a while, just stay, keep looking, keep looking and see what else he has to show you. The next is the ears of your heart. This is where you receive messages uh, like thoughts that sound like spoken words. Or they can also be in the form of music or um, ideas that sound like words in your mind. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. The Lord wants to tell you things. And I've often, I'm always sharing Jesus' the things He's telling me, and His voice is in every one of these podcast episodes, and that's using the ears of my heart when I receive those things. Isaiah 30:21 says, "Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or the left, the ears are so you, you may hear God's voice directing you." Very rarely, like in Saul's case, the Lord will speak audibly, like loud, that you can actually hear in your own ears. I've only had that happen one time, and I shared the story in another podcast. The mind of your heart, this is the sense that mulls over what you believe. It is the heart posture of pondering. Psalm 77, 6. I will remember my song in the night. I will meditate with my heart and my spirit ponders. You can either be reasoning with God or reasoning with the world. Doctors say there is no hope. You can ponder the possibility of your death or ponder the promises of God for your destiny because he's limitless. In the first example, using The sense to agree with the limitations of this world, and the second example is surrendering the sense to the Lord so He can show you His plan to agree and believe for. The fourth sense is the will of your heart. This is the sense that determines what you will do related to what you believe. 2 Corinthians 9 7 says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. This verse reveals that your actions are related to what you have decided to do in your heart. Choosing to agree with God reveals a sanctified will of your heart. Choosing something less will lead to something less than God's best for you that bad diagnosis the doctor just gave you can have a you refusing treatment because God told you that he was going to take care of it or you could believe the doc and choose to give up and begin planning your funeral the fifth sense is the emotions of your heart nothing affects your soul more than your emotions it is a powerful motivational factor for Your attitudes and your behaviors, and even conform your character. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. God's kingdom emotions are more powerful than our earthly emotions, but we must surrender our emotions and allow the Lord to show us the truth of his emotions. Happiness is a worldly emotion and is circumstantially experienced, but joy is an internal spiritual emotion that cannot be affected by circumstances. We allow God to blanket or cover us with His emotions when we surrender them to Him. What are kingdom emotions? Galatians 5 22 and 23. But the fruit of Of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there is no law. There are many verses about Jesus being moved by compassion to serve heal, cast out demons, etc. He was tapping into the kingdom emotions of the Father and they moved him to move in the miraculous. Matthew 14:14 14, 14 says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Let's pull together all of these senses. It really begins with what you choose to fix your eyes on, because whatever you fix your eyes on grows within you. To summarize this process of a sanctified heart, you choose to surrender the eyes and ears of your heart to Jesus by sanctifying your imagination. That is, inviting him to show you and tell you things that are in your very best interest. These things will always be consistent with his nature, his character, his will, and his promises. Then you begin to ponder them and begin to understand them with the mind of your heart. This begins to align you with God's will, and you will begin to choose to make God's decisions on your behalf. This gains access to the fruit of the Spirit, and you find yourself feeling and looking more like Jesus. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. It really is as simple as just inviting him to take the reins of your life through a sanctified imagination. So what is lost if you don't? Well, there's a diagram on this episode of the pattyej.podbean.com site that depicts what I'm describing here. The diagram is called, which part of you needs to take the lead? In the diagram, there are two arrows. There's a red arrow pointing down on the left and a blue arrow pointing up on the right. The pointing down arrow at the top says your body leads, the soul is in the middle, and at the bottom, it says sleeping spirit. That is, there is no awareness that your spirit or the Holy Spirit, and therefore they're not not being influenced so much, and the body is leading the soul in its experience of the world. In our bad diagnosis example, this would represent a person who has symptoms in their body. They go to the doctor who gives them no hope. They begin to agree with the doctor, picturing their death, getting sad, losing hope, giving up. This is a picture of the body leading. Remember, the body is limited to this earthly realm. So leading with the body is limiting worldview. This choice leads to stress, anxiety, depression, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual illnesses, and takes a toll on both your body and your soul. The next arrow points upward, with the beginning point at the bottom indicating your activated spirit leading. That means your spirit knows how to communicate with the Holy Spirit, which activates his power when you agree with him. You are in tune with God's perspective, which influences your soul and his kingdom power and the emotions, and your body begins to align with God's will at the cellular level. In this example of a bad diagnosis, you use your sanctified imagination to have your spirit connect with the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you or tell you the truth that will set you free from this health situation. Healing always happens because it's a promise of God, but sometimes healing happens in heaven and not on earth. Either way, God will reframe the situation and show you what his will is for you. If you have an unfinished assignment, he will heal you this side of heaven as long as you are agreeing with the conditions that he reveals to you in your heart godly perspectives always brings the kingdom emotions of love joy peace and etc from the galatians verse the secret to a high fruit bearing life is to learn how to allow the spirit part of you be the leader of you this is a process of unlearning and relearning who you thought god was who you are in christ and what it means to be a child of the living God with the authority that comes with that. All of my books and podcast episodes always encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus because it is the starting point of the surrendering of your imagination to God and allowing yourself to learn how to live sanctified spirit first. As you learn to see, hear, feel, and sense God, he becomes more real to you and you can trust him to give him more access to your heart for transformation. It is in these abiding times that you are allowing him to change how you see, hear, think, feel, and act in this life. Only then can you begin to walk out your ideal Christ identity that Christ perfected you. I asked Jesus to help us understand this, and he said, your spirit, when connected to mine, will flow in a way that keeps you on the road to your Jeremiah 29:11 and 12 planned destiny. When you welcome me, honor the spontaneous flow of thoughts, pictures, and ideas that I give you. Ponder them in your heart so I can help you understand my heart, and purpose. Then you will have the courage to obey and speak and do what I've shared with you to do. Purpose in your heart to be obedient to what I make clear for you to do. These are the steps of living out your calling one day at a time. When you choose to listen and focus on other influences, you can easily get off track. Allow this awareness of me to keep you on track. And allow your spirit to be illuminated by me. Proverbs 20:27 20, says, "The spirit, conscious of a man, is the lamp of the Lord, searching and examining all in the innermost parts of his being. And Luke 11:34 and 35 says, "The eye is the lamp of your body. when your eye is clear, spiritually perspective, focused on God, your whole body is also full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But when it is bad, spiritually blind, your body also is full of darkness, devoid of God's word. Be careful, therefore, that there is light in you and not darkness. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.comslash shop. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. In your encounter today, we're going to ask the Lord to show you how he wants you to sanctify your imagination. After playing with the Lord in the special place for a few minutes, he will take a challenge or circumstance in your life and he will show you his perspective on it. Ask him as many questions as you need to get clear about how to make sure you are tuning to his mind, will, and emotion to get his perspective on your life's circumstance. Ask God to open the eyes and ears of your heart to show you things in his own unique ways so that you have an activation of all of the senses of your heart. And then he can explain to you how to invite him in future circumstances to wake up every one of your senses. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope you had an amazing encounter with the Lord and he showed you the power of a godly reframe over a circumstance in your life. Make sure that you practice this exercise over and over Anytime you have a challenge. You want to ask the Lord to show you his perspective on it.